This is Daf Gimel in Masechet Moed Katan. We are on Daf Bet Amud Bet, 13 lines from the bottom of the Amud, towards the end of the line where it says Tanan. It says in our Mishnah, Mashkin Bet Ashlachin Bemoed Ubashvi'it. It says that we're allowed to irrigate the, the fields that are in need of water, both during Cholam Moed and also during Shemitah Bishlamah Moed Mishum Tilchahu, Umkom Sedalu Shahur Abanan. We understand why in Cholam Moed we're allowed to do this, because the only reason why it's prohibited to irrigate our fields on Cholam Moed is because it causes us excessive, excessive exertion and it, it takes away from the joy of the holiday. And so in a case of great loss, the rabbis permitted it. But whether you say that... Uh, that uh, watering the um, watering the field is considered to be zorea, like Rav Yosef said, it's considered to be promoting growth. Or you say it's choresh, it's considered plowing. Since when are sowing and plowing during shemitah allowed? Misharei. We're talking about Shemitah nowadays. It's Rabbi Yudanasi's opinion. It says, this is the matter of the Shemitah. The Pasuk says, You shall release. And this is talking about Beshtei Shemitot, Akatuv Midaber. The Torah speaks about two kinds of Shemitah. Achat Shemitat Karka, Achat Shemitat Ksafim. One is the Shemitah of land, where we let the land lie fallow. And the other one is the Shemitah, Shemitah of loans, that we release people from loan obligations, from debt in the seventh year. So, uh, when we have a Shemitah of the land, we also release people from their debts. When we don't have a Shemitah of the land, we don't release people from their debts. So what does that show you? That shows you that there's a time where we don't have Shemitah on the land. Namely, where it's not right. that's only the Rabbanan, which is nowadays where Shemitah is not considered to be Deoraita now. The reason being because the majority of the Jewish people are not in Eretz Yisrael, situated according to their Shvatim and so, and, and so on. So as a result, the Shemitah is only Deorabanan nowadays according to Rabbi. Rava. So, so according to him, therefore, in a, it just like during Chol Moed, the rabbis allowed us to water a field that really needed it. So, so too, during Shemitah, the rabbis allowed us the same uh, since it's only the Rabbanat. Rava Marafilo Rabbanat. According to Rava, no, even the rabbis who hold that Shemitah nowadays is the Oraita would still agree. But Avot Asarachmana, Toledot Lo Asarachmana. But the Torah only prohibited things that were Avot Melacha. The primary Melachot are prohibited on Shemitah, not the derivative Melachot. Um, because Dichtiv says in the Pasuk, Bashana Shevirit, Shabbat Shabbaton Yala Aretz. Because it says on the seventh year, it's going to be a rest for the land. It says you should not uh, sow your field with seeds. So let's think for a second. It gives us four activities we're not allowed to do. It says that we're not allowed to plant and we're not allowed to harvest. But the thing is, and why does it also mention Zmira? Um, Zmira is, uh, is um, pruning, and it also tell, which also promotes the growth of the plant. And Bitsira, taking grapes, um, harvesting grapes, is, is a type of harvesting. So why does it have to say these four activities? Right? Why does the Torah have to tell us, if it already tells us not to sow seeds, why does it have to tell us not to prune? It's the same thing, it promotes growth. And if the Torah already told us not to reap, why does it have to also tell us not to uh, pick grapes. So it says, To tell you that of the derivative melachot, only these two, pruning 
and picking of grapes are included, but everything else is not included. So that would mean that watering the field is not included in the prohibitions of Shemitah. Velo, is that really true? It says you should not sow your field and you should not prune your vineyard. This tells me, according to the Baita, that only planting and pruning should be prohibited. What about uh, weeding, or hoeing the field, or cutting the grass, or so on? Uh, in other words, these are these are activities that are done for the maintenance of the field, um, cutting the uh, cutting out the um, uh, the uh, the the growth that you don't want, or idur is is digging around to, to soften the ground to facilitate growth. All these other activities that we do, kisuach normally would mean to uh, nowadays kisuach is like to uh, uh, to cut the lawn, but what it means is to get rid of the uh, the bad. Um, uh, growth that you don't want, like the weeding, and so it's another type of a weeding. Rashi, uh, the uh, Rabbeinu Gershom that is in the place of Rashi, he says the difference between Nikush and uh, and Kisuach is that Kisuach just takes off the top of the weed that's growing, and Nikush is when you pull it out from the root. Either way, it's the same idea. You see other things. From the fact that it says the fact that it says low extra times is uh, to teach you that there's more than just uh, what it says in the Pasuk. So it says, uh, so it says uh, In other words, it's adding on prohibitions, right? Um, so, uh, No to all of the melachot that you do in the field. And, and, uh, and you also shouldn't do anything that you do in your vineyard. So, So then, how do we know that we don't do these other activities? So according to Rabbeinu Gershom, means another type of a uh, of a pruning, but from other kinds of trees. Mezaradin is when you cut off the dry and some of the, it says the uh, you cut off the branches that are yveshim velachim, that are dry or, or somewhat moist, but it has too many branches, so you're cutting off because there are too many branches on there. Or mefasgin, he says that means that you, um, that if you have a, an, a tree that is uh, softer than it should be, you, you, get, you put supports on it to help it to grow. Um, that's the way that the Rabbeinu Gershom, who, or, or whoever it is that wrote the, um, the commentary that is attributed to Rashi here, that's how he um, explains the various terms that uh, are described in the pasuk, but the point in the in the baita. But the point is that these are different kinds of activities in the field. Again, it says It says low twice, uh, uh, and that tells you what which teaches you that you shouldn't do any melacha that's re- related to the field or to the uh, vineyard. that you don't fertilize we also don't do mifarakin. We said we says it means taking uh, stones out of the field. We don't uh, take the um, we don't cover the if the roots of the plants become become exposed. We don't cover them with dirt. We don't smoke under the tree, which means basically fumigating. Basically, um, they would burn certain things that would create smoke, and then the worms or the other pests would uh, be uh, killed or would be driven away from the plants. We don't do any of these things. The fact that it says low, with regard to the Sadeh and the Kerem, um, that teaches you, again, same Pasuk they're using again, um, because it doesn't say, low tizra sadechalot tizmar kamecha, but it says, sadechalot tizra kamechalot tizmar, with the low in the middle, that's what they're trying to say, after the word sadecha has the word low, after the word kamecha has the word low, to tell you an additional element, that all of these things are also prohibited um, during the Shemitah. 
right? לא כל מלאכה שבשדיך, ולא כל מלאכה שבקמך, right? So, it's a, so no activities of the field or of the vineyard should be done. So it says like this. Um, uh, which means they're right. Which means So maybe that means, according to this, that there are other things you should also shouldn't do, which is you shouldn't do a, here, kashkesh means to make, again, holes in the grounds um, that are allow the water to collect. This is done for olive trees. Ugiot are the ones that are done for, lasot um, ugiot is to do it for the, um, uh, for the, uh, uh, he said, according to the Rabbeinu Gershom, he says, kashkesh is, idur, idur the idur is done, like it says, for lo that's done under the um, under the under the uh, grapes under the vines. that's filling um, the uh, filling the cracks with uh, uh, and the, and the holes with water so that there's there's sufficient water. And then ugiot is where you make holes around the um, uh, around the legfanim. Uh, uh, Again, is is making a uh, making a hole for for the water for the uh, for the for the um, for the grapevines, so in all of these, uh, all of these activities, um, whether it's kishkush, uh, what it calls kishkush idur, um, softening the ground uh, underneath, lo is softening the ground underneath these plants to facilitate the growth, or digging holes around to allow the water to uh, collect or to fill openings with water. All these things you might think you couldn't do. In other words, he says that you might think that all these things should also be prohibited. Namely, the uh, digging around the... Um, the softening of the ground or the digging into the ground uh, to uh, around the uh, the olive trees and the um, and the vineyard the, the vines and the and the collection of water all this should be prohibited. It says no. Uh, that why does it mention zri'an particular? Why does it specifically mention the melacha of sowing to tell you that just like sowing is something that is done both in a field and also for a kerem, also for a vineyard, so too only an avodah that's done both in a field and in a kerem, both in a field and in a vineyard. So these things are things that are done uniquely only for a vineyard or uniquely only for a uh, only for trees. They're not things that are done also for a field. So anything that's only done for a field but not for a vineyard or it's only done for a vineyard and not for a field, those things are allowed to be done on Shemitah because they're not an, they're not recognized as an avodah that's done both in the field and in the vineyard. So the Gemara says, therefore you see that we go beyond. So the whole point of this was to show that we go well beyond what it says in the Pasuk. It's not true that there are only four melachot that are prohibited on Shemitah. There's all these other melachot that we also derive from the Pasukim that are prohibited on Shemitah. So why shouldn't it also be that watering the field is prohibited? So it says, no, all of this is only rabbinic. Really, the four melachot that are mentioned in the Torah are the only ones that are prohibited. And um, it's it's ultimately it's really only the rabbanan. E- even according to the rabbis, it's only the rabbanan uh, to irrigate a field on shemitah, and that's why in a case of loss, they allowed you to do it. Even according to those who say that um, that shemitah is the right. So then the gemara says v'kishkush b'shviit misharei. Does anybody really allow this kishkush of uh, during shemitah? 
And we said before that it's talking about the digging into the ground, right? So around the, um, either around the uh, olive trees or around the, um, the vines of the, uh, of the grapes. It says that on the, during Shemitah, you should leave the land fallow and abandon it. Which means you should leave it from doing any kind of digging in there. And you should leave it from, you shouldn't be removing the rocks from the field either. You shouldn't be doing anything. Milisakel is to remove the rocks. So Amarav Ukva Bachama Turei Kishkushayavu. There's two kinds of Kishkush. Chad Avuyei Ilanei Vachad Setumei Pilei. One is in order to facilitate growth, and one is just to um, seal up cracks. Avuyei Ilanei Asur. What is done in order to facilitate growth is prohibited during Shemitah, but Setumei Pilei Shorei. But what is done in order to cover up holes, because covering up the holes will prevent uh, the roots underneath from uh, being destroyed. So that you're allowed to do. Only what is to facilitate further growth is prohibited on Shemitah. Itmar was stated somebody who plows during Shemitah. It doesn't say anything about plowing during, on Shemitah during uh, in the uh, in the Torah. So Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Elazar. It's a machloket. It's a machloket whether plowing is you get makot. You would get whipped for plowing during Shemitah or not. Maybe the machloket between them is really a machloket about the statement of Rabbi Avin. Uh, in the name of Rabbi Eli. Dama Rabbi Avin, Am Rabbi Eli, because Rabbi Avin said in the name of Rabbi Eli, Kol makom shenemar klal ba'asei uprat belotasei, anytime you have a general principle that's positive, that's expressed in a positive way, and then a detail in a negative, ain't then yotob klal uparu klal. Right? In general, you have a principle of klal uparu klal. If you have a general statement that is made, and then a particular, and then another general statement, we always say, the, the particular statement in the middle limits and defines the general cla- uh, the general category. But here you have a g- you have a general principle that's stated as a mitzvah asay, and the particular is mentioned as a mitzvah lotase. So the question is, can you use that the same way you use klalupat klal? So man damar loke leder rabbi avin, the one who says that um, that uh, that uh, uh, that you that choresh that that plowing is equally a melacha during Shemitah, it does not hold like Rabbi Avin in the name of Rabbi Ila. Uman damar en oloke, it later Rabbi Avin. And the one who says you would not get makot is holding like Rabbi Avin. How does it work? What's the connection? So the point is that in this case, we have a pasuk that says, It says on the seventh year, it's going to be a year of rest. You have to rest, right? That's a general statement, but it's a positive statement. But then it says, don't, pl- don't sow in the field. Don't prune, right? Those are, de- those are details, but they're expressed in the negative. So the question is like this. What do we say? Even though you have a general and a particular and a general, so normally we would say that the particular makes a anything that is similar to the particular now becomes the category. In other words, the category is stated and then the, the what's in the middle are examples and anything similar to that will be included. So if you hold... That klalu pratu klal applies even when the prat, when the detail in the middle is negative and the klalim, the general statements are positive, but it's still a klalu pratu klal, which means that the details in the middle will uh, define the category and anything like them will be included. So then choresh will also be included. Plowing will also be included because it's also a type of melachah in the field. However, if you hold no, like Rabbi Eli, like Rabbi Avin and then Rabbi Eli, or then you will say that since this is not really a klalu pratu klal, we don't generalize from the prohibitions that are mentioned in the Torah because the general statement before and after doesn't connect to the detail in the middle. The detail in the middle is in a negative language and the, and the positive statements before and after don't connect to it. So therefore we can only prohibit and impose makot for what is specifically mentioned in the Torah, nothing beyond that. That would be the halakha if you say that we don't apply 
a cloud uh, prato cloud here. But if we do, you know, then then you would generalize to include um, plowing as well. That's the logic of how we would connect it to the machloket here. That we, how we connect this machloket to Rabbi Avin in the name of Rabbi Eli. But it says, Lo, Actually, you don't have to go that far. You could say that everyone disagrees with Rabbi Avin. And everyone says that it is a good klalopatu klal. The only thing is, So the one that says that you get makot even for, even for plowing, we understand because it's just like, is it basically you generalize from whatever's in the klalopatu klal and what's the, the pratim, the details are work in the field and choresh is work in the field. It's a lacha that's work in the field. So should be the same. Um, and, and really, and, and that's logical and that makes, uh, that makes perfect sense. So since it's the type of avodah in the field, it would be included. However, according to the, according to, uh, Umanda Mar Enoloke, the one who says you don't get makot, so how does he justify it? He'll say the same thing that we said at the beginning of the Amud. And interestingly, now the Gemara basically says the entire long brighter that we said before at the top of the Amud. And says, we see that sowing is really the same thing as zmirah, as pruning, because they both are to facilitate growth. And bitzira and ktsira are really the same. Um, harvesting and picking grapes are really the same. So, why do we have four examples if we only need two? To teach you that the only kinds of melachot that you get makot for, that you're really liable for in Shemitah, are the ones that are specifically mentioned in the Torah, nothing else. It says you should not uh, sow the field and you should not prune the vineyard. So, all I know is that you can't sow and you cannot prune. How do I know that this also includes digging in the ground of various kinds? Right? Removing the weeds from the ground. How do I know that that's also included? Right? So, because it says, there's more. I'm sorry, I keep saying kilaim. Sadecha lo tizra, kamacha lo tizmor. The lo afterwards is what teaches you. So it says lo kol mechashe besadev, lo kol mechashe bekamecha. Right. So that that's that that includes all kinds of melachot. Uminayin she'in mekarsmin ve'in mezaradim ve'in mefasagin. And we said before, you can't be mekarsmin means another type of a pruning, right? And also mezaradim is another type of cutting off branches. And mefasagin is supporting a tree be'ilan that is a weak tree that needs support. Right, which means again, same thing. It expands the category of what you're not allowed to do to all kinds of work in the fields and all kinds of work in the vineyards. And also, how do we know that we also can't fertilize and we cannot? Um, we cannot remove the rocks. That's the, uh, I'm sorry, we cannot, uh, yeah, mifarakin, we said is, yeah, taking out the rocks. And we can also not fumigate, basically. We can't uh, create smoke to get rid of the uh, pests in the uh, in the trees. Again, the same pasuk. Which means what? It's going to tell you any malacha that you do in the fields or in the vineyards is not allowed. So then again, the Gemara says, Maybe you can't dig under uh, the uh, olive trees. And you cannot dig under the uh, vines of the of the grapes, and you cannot fill the cracks with water, and you cannot uh, make holes around the ditches around the um, around the grape vines in order for the water to collect to irrigate them. That's why you have the pasuk that says you should not sow your fields, which because planting was already was already included 
in, uh, in any work in the field that you're not allowed to do. So why does it have to mention specifically planting or sowing? To tell you that just like sowing seeds is something which is done both in a vineyard and in a field. Right? So, so too, only melachot that are prohibited, that are performed rather, both in a vineyard and in a field, are included in the Isurim of Shemitah. Anything that is not included in both a field, that is not done in both a field and in a vineyard, that, but is specific to one of those two domains, will not be prohibited. So basically, we have the same thing we said before. Um, that therefore what? Therefore, so the, the question had been, um, is it really true that Choresh could possibly be that you wouldn't get Makot for it? That was the question. He said, well, because only the Torah, what the Torah mentions, uh, which are the four kinds of Malachot, are the ones that you are liable for, but Choresh would not be included, plowing would not be included. But now we see that actually the Breita expands it to every kind of Avodah on the field, not just for, not just planting and pruning and harvesting, but everything. So the Gemara says, no, that is only rabbinic. In other words, all those other malachot that the bright list are only rabbinically prohibited. Biblically, it is true that only the malachot that are mentioned in the Torah are prohibited. And that's why, according to one opinion, you wouldn't get malachot for uh, plowing, because plowing is not men- mentioned in the Torah, and therefore is only, at best, prohibited. We turn to Amud Bet. Maybe you would think that you should also ha- be whipped for Tosefet. That's talking about the extra month that we add, the extra time that we add onto Shemitah before the Shemitah year starts, right? And then he brought an, an argument or he brought a source to exempt people from that. And I don't know what he's talking about. What it was his argument? What was his learning that he exempted people from liability for, for this uh, prohibition? And what is this Tosefet? Amar Rabbi Eliezer Amar, I'm sorry, Rabbi Elazar Amar, Harisha. Rabbi Elazar said what he was referring to was Harisha, was that you might have thought, in other words, Rav Dimi, when he said you might have thought that you would get whipped for the extra. What is the extra? The extra is plowing, right? And Rabbi Elazar says that what he meant was plowing, and he had a reason why you wouldn't be liable for plowing. You might have thought that you should be whipped for plowing during Shemitah. Because it comes from the Klal like we said before, because there's a general statement of uh, observance of Shemitah. Then there's the particular Melachot that you're not allowed to do. And then it says, It's going to be a, a, a year of rest. So it's another general statement. So the particulars in the middle give you examples, but really we should generalize those examples to all avodah, all work in the field, including plowing. So then, so what was his learning, what was his analysis that led to exempt you from makot for plowing? Because why would you have all these examples, you have four examples instead of just one or two, if really the examples are to be generalized from, then you shouldn't have so many of them. And therefore, from the fact that it has a lot of examples, that means that we're not to generalize to the case of plowing. Plowing, you would be exempt. For Rabbi Yochanan, Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, we're not talking about plowing here. That wasn't the issue that Rav Dimi was talking about. We're talking about the days before Rosh Hashanah that the rabbis added on to Shemitah. This is what it meant. You might have thought that even the time prior to the beginning of Shemitah, 
where you're not supposed to be involved in work in the fields, you would get makot for doing it. Because they learned it from a tishpot that you have to rest from harvesting and from plowing even before Shemitah. And what was the analysis that led to exempting you? Like we're going to say um, in just a moment about the exemption from the, uh, the, uh, the uh, pre-Shemitah restrictions, how they were eventually canceled out by an analysis of the Chachamim, even though for many generations they kept them as uh, as prohibitions, but they were eventually uprooted, and that was what Rav Dimi was referring to, that initially you would have this extra period that you had to observe Shemitah, even before Rosh Hashanah of the Shemitah year, and eventually it w- you were exempted because the rabbis learned it away. They basically interpreted it away, as we're going to see in the upcoming Gemara. So Gemara says, What are we talking about when you say the days before Rosh Hashanah? Like it says in the Mishnah, in Masechet Shvi'it, until when can you plow in a uh, field of trees, Erev Shvi'it, on the year before Shemitah, as long as it's good for the for the fruit of the trees for that year. According to Beit Hillel, only up to Atzeret, only up to um, only up to Shavuot. Right, and these are really very close to each other because basically any har- any plowing that you do up to um, up to uh, Shavuot or around there still helps the fruit of this year. But after uh, after that period of time, uh, after that point in time, anything that you're doing is really only benefiting the next year. And since the next year is Shemitah, you wouldn't be able to do it anymore. How long can you plow a white field, meaning a grain field, Erev Shavuot, on the year before Shemitah? From the time, uh, you know, um, uh, up from the time that the uh, that the uh, the wetness dissipates. So the Rabbeinu Gershom says, shishit until the time that the rain for that year um, stops. Because up till the time that the rain stops for that year, you could still say that your that your uh, plowing is benefiting crops of that year. But once it stops, really, you're definitely preparing for the next year, preparing for the shemitah year, and that's why uh, you have to stop at that point. Um, and uh, and as long as people are still plowing to uh, plant like cucumbers and gourds and stuff like that. The problem with that is that uh, the, then the Torah has given an, an individual measurement to each and every person, meaning it's saying to you that, uh, oh, until the time that you're, as long as you're still planning on doing this or that, you can still plow. So that means that one guy will be plowing in his field, but he isn't thinking about planting for that year. He's thinking about next year. And the other guy's planting, he's thinking about this year. So there's no objective measurement. It's going to depend on each individual. We won't be able to identify who's keeping the law, who's violating the law. Rather, we just say, a fixed time. Rather, what we say is that when it comes to um, when it comes to a grain field, we say until Pesach, and when it comes to a uh, a tree field of trees, we say until Shavuot. That way, we have a fixed time. We don't have to say um, we don't have to try to philosophize or theorize about whether the person is really uh, harvesting or is really uh, plowing for the preparation for next year or for this year. That way, we just have a fixed time, a cutoff. Instead of saying, oh, uh, the, when, the, when the rain stops and then when people stop uh, plowing for that year, that's too subjective. Rabban Gamliel 
and his bedin voted on these two periods of time, meaning the, the restriction on the uh, grain field and the tree field, and they canceled it. How could Rabban Gamliel many generations later come along and cancel out an institution that was established by Beit Shemayim Beit Hillel? That's not reason we learned in a Mishnah. Don't we know that you that bet din cannot nullify the words of its predecessor unless it is greater in wisdom and in numbers? Some say numbers means the age of the members of the bet din. Some say it means the number of students they have. Whatever it means. He was struck for a moment. He was silenced for a moment. He didn't know what to say. That's a pasuk from Daniel, actually a phrase from Daniel, but it means he was he didn't know what to answer. Whoever was asked the question, whether it was Rabbi Abau or it was Rabbi Yochanan, and then Amarle said, It must be that from the beginning, when the Chachamim of previous generations made this Takana that you have to stop plowing at a certain point in the year before the Shemitah, they had built into the Takana that if there was a time in the future where the rabbis wanted to cancel it, they would have the power to cancel it. So they allowed them the right to cancel it if they ever wanted to. Um, then the Gemara says... Uh, is it really their right to do that? Is it really something that the Chachamim created? But Halacha Moshe Misinai, it's actually Halacha Moshe Misinai. And this is a very, very famous teaching we see throughout Shas mentioned many, many times. That in the name of Rabbi Nechunya, a man of Bikat Bet Chortan, going all the way, Rabbi Yochanan repeated it, Rabbi Asi repeated it, and the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Ezer Nitiot, Aravav Nisucham Haim, Halacha Le Moshe Misinai. There are three Halachot that are Halacha Le Moshe Misinai, an oral tradition that has no source in the Torah, but is a tradition handed down from Moshe. Uh, One of them is Eser Nitiot, which is a rule of Shemitah that a, uh, if you have a um, if you have a, a field that is of a uh, the uh, certain dimensions that uh, that is a uh, uh, that has ten Nitiot, ten saplings growing in it uh, in this this one field, and it is a uh, it's a uh, 50 by 50 uh, square amot uh, field, I believe it is, then in that case, it's a, it's an, it's a, if you have this kind of a small, um, a bit basically is what the, is what it's called, a place where you, where you would plant a of grain. Um, if you have an area of that, the, that dimension and it has 10 saplings distributed in it, just 10, which really are still very sensitive and need help so that they don't perish, uh, from lack of, uh, of, uh, uh, a treatment, so then you're allowed to continue to uh, to plow that field to soften the ground to help the saplings to grow. You can plow the entire field just for the sake of those ten saplings. That's alachal Moshe misinai. It's also alachal Moshe misinai that there's an arava that there's a willow service in the Beit Hamikdash on um, on Sukkot, and also the pouring of the water libation on Sukkot on the on the altar is alachal Moshe misinai. But you see that the idea of uh, that you're allowed to uh, plow in this field with the ten saplings that is is a bit se'ah the the uh, that you're allowed to plow there up until shemitah begins. Normally you'd have to stop before, but you're allowed to plow up till shemitah begins. The fact that you have that halachic exception implies that that rule of uh, not plowing normally up up to the very last minute was uh, was also halachah Moshe Misinai. 
So how could it be that the that uh, the rabbis have the control over? It? They are attributing it to the rabbis instead of a halacha l'moshe misinai. Amar b'Yitzchak ki gemiriel chetash loshim yom lefnei rosh hashanah. What it, the the original halacha l'moshe misinai was that you have to stop plowing or doing avodahs in the field thirty days before rosh hashanah v'shmita. Vatuhanei takol bepesach umiatzeret. And the and then later rabbis came and said, you know what? Stop at Pesach or at Shavuot. And they made a condition that anybody who wants to come and cancel it can come and cancel it. The Gemara is going to continue with this discussion into the next Amud. So we're going to stop here. But the point is that the right now what the Gemara is saying is that yes, there was a halacha that you're not allowed to, they have to stop uh, working in the field 30 days before Shemitah begins. But the idea of starting the uh, beginning the Shemitah even earlier than that, going all the way back to Pesach or Shavuot, was a later rabbinic institution that had a built-in clause that if in a future generation the rabbi saw that it was too difficult for the people, that they would be able to nullify it. And that's why they were not violating the prohibition on nullifying a decree of a prior bed deed.